the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about your fear of retirement or maybe a recession in retirement. Maybe not having enough to fund things that you want to fund. So, we talk business, we talk economy. I think it's fair to start there each and every day. In large part, I think it gives you some perspective of business and the economy, and business and the economy gives you some perspective on your 401k. Your 401k hits your retirement issues. So i got some emails for you today. If you want to drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. First and foremost, the stock market ended last week in typical flashy style. Broad rally on Friday. There's a buy-the-dip mentality that is pervasive right now. It's in vogue. It's in style. Whether it's the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, whether it's mid-caps, small-caps, the transports, all hitting new-time, all-time highs. This week is going to have a lot of Fed Reserve monetary policy. The Dallas Fed chairman was on CNBC this morning talking about how, you know, if it was up to him... He would have started tapering already the buying of debt by the United States Treasury. Somewhere down the road, this is going to be a case. We're going to start to taper. We're not going to take the whole thing away. It'll take time to play out. But in this era of cheap money, you stay invested. I've got an email base with that coming up a little bit later in the show. There's some mergers and acquisitions. Yahoo's buying Tumblr for $1.1 billion. 110 million young people put their eyeballs on Tumblr. 110 million young people are are influenced by ads. I work at a TV station that would probably sell their soul to the devil for 110 million eyeballs. I work at a radio station that would probably sell their soul for, well, they wouldn't sell their soul. Christian radio network, so I've got to be careful what I say about that, but 110 million eyeballs, a lot of eyeballs. So Yahoo's trying to buy the TVs of the future, which is our phones and our, our PCs and our tablets, and we're reading things. 
Our eyeballs are there, consuming data there. There's another story out there. WebSense is being acquired by Vista Equity Partners for about a billion dollars. What's interesting is Yahoo's buying Tumblr, and Tumblr's been criticized for having like some smut on their sites. WebSense censors smut from businesses. So Vista Equity Partners buying them for about a billion dollars. Activists is out there today. They're aiming to buy Warner Chilcott for eight and a half billion dollars. There's some mergers. There's a rumor that GE is going to pay a big fatty dividend. In 2013, actually they announced it. Six and a half billion dollar dividend and a four and a half billion dollar special dividend. Wall Street tends to like that. Campbell Soup, mm, good. Posted mm, better than expected earnings. They raised their 2013 guidance. There used to be some stories that when things got tough, Campbell Soup did really well because people would get a meal out of it. It was relatively cheap. I haven't really seen that correlation recently. I haven't looked, but it's, it's probably true. Silver prices down again, once again making fools of people who buy precious metals. Silver once went for $50 an ounce, now goes for $21 an ounce. Gold prices also continuing to dip. So, looks as if there will be another opportunity to buy the dip. Taking a look at today's market numbers, will we buy a dip? Put your chip in my dip. It's the summertime. Put your dip in my chip. Dip. Slip your chip in my dip. Chip. Let's take a look at it. Uh, we dipped at the beginning, but we've already gone green, so I don't think that really counts. SP 500's up less than a point, 1668. One point in time on Saturday or on Friday, it was sitting at 1666 for a large portion of the day. I'm like, uh oh, sign of the devil. Damien. There's certain names that have been ruined forever by the media or world events. Damien being one of them. Adolf being another. Not a lot of popular Adolf names. You know one of the more popular names right now for females being born? Arya from Game of Thrones. As well as uh, King for boys. You'd have to be pretty pretentious to name your kid King. King Black, come to the principal's office. King Black, come to the principal's office. I mean, it will get a laugh, that's for sure. CSP 500 up less than a point. The Dow's down 10, the NASDAQ up 4. Yahoo's acquiring Tumblr. You know, J.P. Morgan's going to be in the news this week. Should they kiss Jamie Dimon's butt goodbye? A lot of people are having that question. Yes, no, or maybe so. Gold's to 13.54 an ounce. Some other headlines. Star Trek Into Darkness won the box office. What's interesting to note about that is there's obviously Paramount Pictures, obviously tied towards Time Warner. It's a little bit of a disappointing week opening for them. Something like 85 million, 84.1 million since Wednesday, 70.6 million over the weekend. The blonde female in that movie, I don't know her name, but she's got one green eye, one blue eye. I think it's one of the craziest, most attractive features in a person are flaws. Now, I'm not talking like two teeth, you're missing 30, you know, that's not attractive, but you get the idea, I think.
California jobless rate fell 9%. Payrolls increased about 10,400. That came out on Friday. It's a little bit of old news, but again, it shows you this is not an ideal economy and is improving slowly, which means we should have a slowly improving economy. Higher consumer spending is going to offset sequester cuts this year. More people live in suburbs. More poor people live in the suburbs than in urban areas. Oh, back to Star Trek real quick. Boldly going where no man's gone before in financial radio. There'll be laboratories. They're hoping that Star Trek Into the Darkness is going to propel its newest sound system. It's called the Dolby Atmos. I know you're saying sound, technology. Who would have thought? But it's true. It's true, I tell you. There's gold in them hills. H&M is already starting to think about factory conditions in Bangladesh. There's a lot of public outrage. We'll talk about that. I'm going to give you a retiring Wall Street strategist, his take on how to invest. I thought it was genius. came out on Friday. I think it was very well spoken and right on. You're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. Don't forget, I always have events coming up. Got two on a couple Saturdays from now. You can find out more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. You can sign up for my visitor newsletter at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or Cron4 Rob Black. You can always get a stream of the show at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Partners Mortgage, Stocks are trading little changed after climbing. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. One of the more interesting stories out there this weekend was someone won a crazy amount of money. A crazy amount of money in the lottery. Lottery winners sometimes hold on to it and it's dream come true. Sometimes it leads to cheating and a divorce. Sometimes it leads to crazy stuff. One of the lottery winners in 2004 was a single mother who had been on welfare. This is a good lesson. She won some money from the Ontario lottery, roughly $10 million plus dollars, And she blew it all. How did she blow it all? Big house, fancy cars, designer clothes, lavish parties, exotic trips, loans to friends. So she's driving the bus now. What's interesting to note about that is that's how a lot of people in America don't become wealthy. They get houses that they can't really afford. They buy expensive cars that are depreciated assets. They buy clothes that aren't going to be in style next year. They do exotic trips, loans to friends and family. It's the same thing. 
you know, when you take a look at how MC Hammer blew all his money, it's you're like, oh, I'd never do. I'd never buy a gate made out of gold. Okay, so he was slightly different. Um, I don't know. Some people get sued. There's some different angles on how you could blow it all, but trust me, uh, there's lessons to be learned. The SP 500's up fractions. The Dow's down ten. The Nasdaq's up four. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton from NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad, there's been a lot of headlines about ETFs and how individuals can trade them for free. Let's talk about ETFs and what people need to know. Yeah, I mean, this is should be a core holding in people's portfolios, but it needs to be a core holding in the right place, and they need to be used properly. ETF stands for Exchange Traded Fund. We know mutual funds are actively managed or passively managed. Um, same thing with ETFs? Yeah, now. I mean, they start off as passively managed products. So the best known ones are Spiders, symbol SPY, where you can buy the S&P 500, um, or QQQs. That's the other big one that is based on the NASDAQ. Um, you can look at the holdings there easily. Um, ETFs, they trade all day long, and you can, you have to, the, the holdings are reported on a daily basis. When you buy a mutual fund, if you trade in the morning, whether it's a buy or sell, you don't get the price till the end of the day. So mutual funds trade once a day. At the end of the day, they figure out the net asset value. ETFs are considered more transparent. They trade all day long, so you can do things like stop losses if you've decided you want to sell something. Um, you can do limit orders. It's a little bit easier to use, but the idea is that they're a little bit cheaper typically than the mutual fund, and they're a great tax-efficient way to get broad-based exposure in the right areas. And when I say the right areas, I like uh, if you're trying to do broad-based exposure into large caps or mid-caps or certain sectors, that's when they work well. Um, also, certain strategies like some of the dividend-increasing ETFs that are out there. Um, Vanguard has one. Um, S&P has one. Those are great tools. Where I don't like them is in the areas of small cap or emerging markets or international because I think you need a manager to be a little bit smarter in terms of what companies in the international indexes you truly, truly want to own. As a financial planner, as a portfolio manager, what are some of the products other than ETFs that you include in overall portfolios? Well, I like them all. So a lot of firms out there will say, well, I'm only an index fund investor, or I'm only a managed mutual fund investor, or I'm only a stock picker. Um, you know, I decided a long time ago that I was never going to put myself in a box because things change. And I like stocks in certain specific areas, like dividend increasing stocks. Yep. I like ETFs in large and mid-cap, and I like managed funds for my small cap, some of my mid-cap, my international, or things like if I'm investing in certain types of oil and gas companies. Um, so they, there's good and bad in everything, and you can't just say you're one thing as an investor, because as soon as you do that, you're probably going to be wrong. There's a person who espouses buy and hope is dead, and buy and hold is dead, and, you know, I, I don't... Where you say you don't put yourself in a box, I hate people that put themselves in boxes. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to have an open mind. I think uh, a Republican Congress is different than a Democrat Congress. I think a Republican president is different than a Democrat Congress. Like, it changes how you might say, I, I feel a little bit better about uh, you know, international companies. I feel a little bit better about defense companies. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you had to get a little bit more active. And I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have ignored the fundamentals. but Or the not the fundamentals, but the technicals. So... 
now, though, I'll use kind of quantitative analysis, just certain quant screens to narrow down the choices of stocks that we're going to look at because there's so many out there. Right. And then uh, use fundamentals to determine which companies you want to buy. And then you use technicals as the last resort to just make sure that the entry point that you want to achieve is correct. Sometimes you don't want to buy until the chart looks maybe a little bit better and things have turned. Um, sometimes you don't want to sell until the chart starts to break down. Um, but it's not the first. I mean, people that only trade on technicals, show me one that's been really successful and always beat the market over the long run. Yeah, and if I were to give it my Call of Duty analysis, it would be like bringing a sniper rifle into a city battle. You don't do it. You bring a sniper battle, a rifle into a wide-open desert. You know, I, I, six months ago, I would have not known what you were talking about, but I finally played it with my son, and I realized how horrible I am at video games. Oh, yeah. I spent half the time shooting the wall or looking up, <laughs> looking up in the sky. I can't get my thumbs to work the same way. It's, it's horrible. It's awesome. So <laughs> as a financial planner, you know the right tools to use in the right scenarios. As a video game player, you don't, right. so you don't play video games. Same thing with investing. If you don't know the difference between an index ETF or uh, one that's more actively managed, what the costs are, what uh, different presidencies, what different inflation areas, low inflation, you can make a lot of money. High inflation, it's tough to win in the market, and it's easy to win in the bond market. So different scenarios win in different um, environments. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a certain point where interest rate increases are okay, but after that, there might be a time to overweight in bonds again. Good stuff. Tune in every day. Chad Burton is live and on air Mondays from 6 to 7 on KDOW. You can also find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I was watching all the Billboard Music Awards, and uh, one singer had an epic stage dive fail. Just epic. Basically landed on people. Oh, can you imagine... Some singer jumps in the crowd and cracks your neck and you're in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. It happens. That's probably one of the reasons you want to get good disability insurance, good life insurance. It was an epic fail for Miguel. Anyhow, and anyway, you're listening to me, Rob Black. The show is Rob Black and Your Money. Find me online at robblack.com. Twitter me, Rob Black Show. YouTube me, Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Moms of America. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So one of the goofy metrics that you can do when playing with Wall Street numbers is take a look at Tesla and see that they're going to sell 21,000 cars. Divide that in their market cap of a couple billion dollars. You could say, wow, each car is worth X amount of dollars. You can do the same thing with Yahoo. Yahoo's Marissa Mayer. She uh, put out an animated GIF, which if you don't know what an animated GIF is, you're behind the times. It's cute, that metrics are important. 
They're not the end-all, be-all, because they can be incredibly deceiving. Traffic to Tumblr's website spiked today. New sign-ups spiked today. So the announcement's already helping Tumblr and Yahoo's relationship. She's going to be famously quoted for promising not to screw it up. Gotta love that. Traffic started to peak in November for Tumblr's website. Tumblr spelled T-U-M-B-L-R. They don't have the E in it because clearly kids today don't know how to spell when they start companies. Or they don't have the E in it because there's no earnings. Yahoo's going to give Tumblr time to figure it out by buying them. You can keep your staff. It's going to be paid for. Don't freak out. So, the animated gift that Mercer comes up with is keep calm and carry on. It says Yahoo, Tumblr, now panic and freak out. And then it says keep calm and carry on. It's very cute. Marissa Mayer has an animated gift already about her. What's noting worthy of that is, I started the segment by saying, you don't know Tumblr? Well, then you're behind the times. Tumblr, 110 million users. I'm going back to the metrics angle here in just a second. Tumblr, 110 million users. It's important to note that those are eyeballs. And today's eyeballs are focused on tablets. We know that it's called the second screen. There's the television screen. There's the tablet. Television content makers want to create an experience where you use your tablet while watching the show. But take 110 million users and divide it by a billion... Billion one, I think it was announced for. They've got 300 million monthly unique visitors, 120,000 signups every day, 105 million different blogs. This is looked at a lot like Pinterest being acquired by Facebook. A lot of people go, I don't get it. How do they make money? It's not that they make money, it's that they have eyeballs. It's back in YouTube. When YouTube was acquired by Google, Google tried their own video service called Google Video. It never really got any stickiness. Now, YouTube pulls in $200 million in income. So this is all about eyeballs. What I like about the deal is it's Yahoo's Marissa Mayer going deep. You know when you play a little bit of Thanksgiving football, Thanksgiving football with the family? For the families that do a little screen pass dumps, I don't like it. I like the flea flicker, go for the bomb, touchdown, put the dagger in your brother's heart. This is Marissa Mayer going deep, and I like it. Now, again, I don't own shares of Yahoo except for through the SP 500 or some various ETFs, tech ETFs. But I get it. It's a chance they need to take. Yahoo's up 60, almost 70% since she became CEO back in July. Not even a year, it's up 70%. What I really like about that is it has nothing to do with her. Yahoo owns Alibaba, owns a large chunk of Alibaba, which is the Chinese Yahoo. And that's eventually going to go public. 
and they're going to get a big windfall from that. And then it's going to be up to sites like Tumblr to take the stock to the next level. So anyway, I got an email this week that I want to share with you. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. And it kind of, I'm not going to say it was a buzzkill, but it kind of was a buzzkill. Because it shows me again that people are pretty much so stupid. I'm not talking about all of you, I'm talking about some of you. Bill writes, I'm one of your radio show's avid listeners for the last nine months. I'm also one of your so-called idiots who have been on the sidelines for the past two to three years. I'm not scared, mind you, but just believe in the market's artificial move up because of all the seizing. I still don't believe in it, but the most important lesson I've learned from you is that long-term investors should pay attention to policies like QE, quantitative easing, and it shouldn't influence your investing. You should continue to stay in the market. I'm cursing myself every day for not realizing that a couple years back. Okay, so he starts off buttering me up. Keep in mind, I'm not popcorn. He says, you know, I'm not a conspiracy nut, but I think all this easing has artificially caused stocks to move higher. And then he starts buttering me up again by saying, you know, you taught me that you got to play the game for 40 years, whether it's quantitative easing, whether it's inflation, deflation, recession, oppression, whatever it is, got to play the game. You can change the way you play the game. You can give yourself, you know, the best chances in a worst-case scenario for sure. He says, I'm an IT professional, age 34. I've got $200,000 in retirement accounts, only 5% invested. So the stock market has rocked and rolled. It's up 146%. And he's watched it all from the sidelines because of quantitative easing. He has this, I'm smarter than the market. I clearly know this is going to end badly. So he's got 200K in retirement accounts, 200K in non-retirement accounts. All of it's invested in company stock, a high-tech company. Okay. Let's hope it's Google at an all-time high. Yeah, That's my guess, right? He says, my hedge the market was investment in my company, which is mostly through an ESPP. Okay, that's first ignorant statement. My hedge in the market was investment in my own company. That's not a hedge. That's a stupid bet. If all of your wealth is tied towards one company and your CEO gets on a bell tower and starts shooting people, you're ignorant. He says, I don't own a home, but I'm looking for one with only $20,000 in savings. I live in the Bay Area. I'm married. I have a one-year-old and not started on any 529 yet, again, because of lack of faith in the stock market. So his kid's got 17 years to go to college now, and he's already given up one of those 17 or one of those 18 years, depending on when the kid was born. That's a large chunk. I'm at a point where I realize I can't dedicate an hour or two to finances every day. I'm looking for a financial planner who can make informed decisions. I'm also one who believes in pay-for-performance and this is where I struggle. All CFPs either charge a one-time fee or a percentage of your portfolio irrespective of how the performance turns out. This is where Bill shows me that he's the truly dumbest man on the peninsula. His phrase, I believe in pay for performance. Bill, if I had that business model, I would try to hit home runs with every single portfolio. I'd put it all on Tesla and hope it goes higher. And if it goes lower, well, sorry. Sorry, I screwed your retirement. I ruined you because I was trying to get a home run for me. 
Bill's going to put his money in the hands of the wrong person at some point in time, and he's going to lose everything. Because he believes in pay for performance. He's looking for the guy who says, I'm better than the market. He said, I'd rather go with someone who charges based on performance in the portfolio. I'm okay if they want to charge 5% as long as I get better returns on my investments. You might say you get what you pay for, but what are the options for people like me who are not wealthy enough to have an expensive CFP and who are extremely busy and can't spend time on financial analysis? You've got to stop doing it yourself, Bill, or you've got to automate the process because you're not very good at it. And then you have even further stupid ideas that are going to get you even deeper into trouble. So, Bill, you get my idiot of the week. It's only taken 45 minutes so far. And you are the idiot of the week. Now, let me give you the flip side to this. There's a guy from Morgan Stanley. His name's Gerald Minnick. He's retiring. It's a bummer. His advice was really lucid. It was quite helpful. He wrote a two-page farewell note that, you know, you should try to get your hands on. If people want to get a copy of it, you can always drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. In it, and I can summarize, he said, don't try to pick stocks. Keep in mind, his job was as an investment strategist. He says, don't try to time the market. Just invest in a portfolio of low-cost, tax-efficient index funds. Now, he doesn't exactly explicitly say that. But he demonstrates conclusively why any investment strategy other than that is idiotic. He points out that in the average year, 60% of actively managed mutual funds underperform their benchmark. That means in any given year, you have a 40% chance of picking a fund that will beat the market. So if you try to pick a fund that will do this, the odds are really against you messing it up one out of three years. 40% odds aren't good. If I were to give you a gun and say, if there's a, you know, it's got... Ten chambers and four of them are loaded. You'd be like, okay, there's a sixty percent chance I'd live. But if I were to say there's a sixty percent chance, you'd be like, there's no way I'm pulling the trigger. In addition to trying to pick funds that will beat the market, people oftentimes pick times to be in the market, much like Bob did. If you're like most people, you're not going to be able to pick good times consistently. So if you were like the most sophisticated rich investors, you think that by investing in a hedge fund instead of a dime a dozen mutual funds, you'll have a much better chance to be in the market. But that's not true either, for the above reasons. You can find me online at robblack.com. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. And of course, he's not truly the idiot of the week, because I'm too cheap to splurge on an award. AM 1220, KDO. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So this is a week where we're going to be paying a lot of attention to Fed officials. Fed Chairman Bernanke is going to be testifying before Congress on Wednesday. Several Fed officials will be speaking throughout the week. FOMC meeting notes come out on Wednesday. We're at the tail end of earnings season. And it was a pretty good earnings season. You know, the market rallied on the dip last week. 
pretty broad-based, all things considered. SB added 2.1% last week. I'm not a permable, and I hate people trying to put me in a box. I just play the game. Today there's some acquisitions. Yahoo's acquiring Tumblr. WebSense is acquiring Vista, or is being acquired by Vista Equity Partners. Activist is aiming to buy Warner Chilcott for $8.5 billion. It's a pretty big deal. GE is to be paying a big fatty dividend and a special dividend as well. Taking a look at market numbers today. Keep in mind, we don't have to be at 52 weeks every week. You don't want to be. I think there's a good chance the Dow is at 17,000 before the Fed really says we're pulling money away from the table aggressively and we're done and go screw. No. Like, I think I think there's some room, because I think there's some time. Until we get unemployment down to 6%, 6.5%. But there's going to be people on CNBC every week who are talking about hyperinflation, and they got the story wrong. There are going to be people every week on CNBC talking about, you know, stock prices being too high. Margins can't expand. We are a well-funded nation. We are a low-cost, well-funded nation. Now, yeah, we do have some sticky high unemployment, and that's a problem. Yeah, we do have a problem with our college education system being too expensive. Gold's down eight bucks today, sitting at thirteen fifty-five an ounce. Ten-year Treasury sits at one point nine four percent. Mortgage rates won't be at record lows when the ten-year Treasury is sitting at one point nine four. Mortgage rates will be at record lows with the ten-year Treasury sitting at one four. It's showing you a lot more distress. Just distress people run into the safety of treasuries. NASDAQ's up fractions today. The Dow's down eight. The SP 500's down fractions. Apple CEO Tim Cook's going to propose tax reform to offshore cash. Apple holds about $102 billion in cash investments outside the United States. He's going to suggest changes to corporate tax laws to encourage companies to bring more cash in the country. Congress would like nothing more than to have more cash come back into the country. The problem is that, you know, a 35% corporate tax rate is too high. Apple doesn't want to spend $35 billion to repatriate $100 billion and only be left with $65 billion. They'd rather go out and buy factories in Asia. And when they do that, jobs in America aren't going to be there, unless you know foreign languages and are willing to travel. Keep in mind that wages can average 40, 50 cents an hour in some of these markets. So rather than using the cash overseas, it'll be taxed. Apple's borrowing money for the payout for the dividend shareholders. He's going to be talking to Congress this week. You know, he's talking about Apple spending $100 million on facilities to build Mac computers in the U.S. But think of what he could do if he had all that money that wasn't being taxed. So he's going to talk to Congress this week. Obviously, there's a lot of tech companies that have a ton of money overseas. And if that were to happen, you're talking about a stimulus bigger than the 2009 stimulus. As far as money coming to shareholders and dividends, money coming to share buybacks, creating value on Wall Street... 
as far as money coming into new factories, as far as jobs coming into new factories. So again, I know it's easy to hate the man, the man in this case is, uh, you know, the corporate man. Stock markets may not be ready for its tapering truth. You know, tapering of debt purchases, it's a good thing and a bad thing. So there is going to be some transition ahead. There is some risk of having low interest rates. It's not all positive. Go ask a senior citizen how he feels about low interest rates and on his savings. The fiscal 2012 budget paid out $359 billion in interest, down from $454 billion prior year. That's a substantial savings. But it begs the question of what happens when the Fed Reserve loses its ability to control interest rates, and interest rates jump, and the, Fed, the federal government wants to borrow money. When you do a trillion dollars of stimulus and you're, you're borrowing money as a nation cheaply, don't get addicted to that borrowing of money, because it's not always going to be cheaply. If all maturing debt's paid by issuing new debt, we all know that that's financial engineering. As long as we run government spending at a deficit, any rise in interest rates means newly issued debt simply is a way of paying for increased interest payments. And that doesn't last forever, especially if rates do eventually go back up. If you get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't be shy. Um, I always enjoy a good phone call during the show. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Twitter, Rob Black Show. Anything you ever want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, I try to keep it as real as possible. A little bit of profit-taking early for this morning. A little hesitation ahead of Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke's testimony before Congress on Wednesday. Strength in financial, industrial, healthcare, and energy. Weakness in materials and consumer staples. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. Jesus. His mysteries have been expertise and resources together to improve the education, income, and health of our communities. The building blocks for a better life. Sale alert from Lumber Liquidators. In March, our buyers traveled the world negotiating unheard of flooring deals. It took... Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I try to show you that Star Trek Into Darkness, slightly disappointing, owned by Paramount, owned by Time Warner. Would I sell my investment in Time Warner because of that? No. Do I have an investment specifically in Time Warner? No. But do I own it through various funds? Yes. Dolby is hoping Star Trek Into Darkness, you know, propels their new sound system called Dolby Atmos. It was introduced a year ago as built as the next generation in sound for cinema, giving sound experts the ability to easily place or move specific sounds. 
such as a raindrop or a gust of wind, anywhere inside the theater. Systems aren't cheap. They cost between thirty dollars and $60,000. Look, I get goosey. Like, I get jazzed. I don't even say goosey. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, I get wah, wah. when I see a movie. I don't see many movies. I don't want to see a movie, Iron Man, about a guy who changes into a suit. Because that's all that movie is. Special effects about changing into suits. But, I can see Star Trek. I'm, I'm up for that. Oh, I still would argue Star Wars is much better than Star Trek. As far as cool goes. John McCain's going to introduce a bill for a la carte cable pricing, which I just can't imagine can get through. I'm cynical. Online music retailers, you know, trying to get people to buy an entire album versus their favorite song, kicking and screaming. And it took the throttling of companies like Napster legally for them to do it. A lot of consumers wonder if the music industry can do it. Why doesn't the TV and movie business do it? That whole a la carte, you know, we probably watch 10 cable channels pretty religiously probably use another 10 on occasion. But we have 900 channels. Ever-rising cable bills are calling for a la carte. Last year, the average basic cable tier cost 6.1% more. And it's averaged 6.1% each year since 1995. Average basic cable now $54.46. But it's a long shot for it to become a law. And John McCain even said that. He said, I'd be surprised because the cable companies and satellite companies are such powerful special interests. But we'll keep trying. That sucks. Like some people say, I want to see transporters come before I die. I want to see flyable cars. Wow, you want to see flyable cars? I just want to see a la carte cable pro- cable company or a la carte media companies. But then I want to get such great channels as the Sundance channel. And Lord knows I can't live without my Sundance channel. Right? So I try to show you everything that I can that money is about product. Low cost money creates Opportunity. SP 500's up one today. The Dow's up 11. NASDAQ's up four. <laughs> Gold's down eight. Oil's down fractions. Ten year treasury sits at 1.9%. So there's a lot of stories that we can talk about this week. It's big Fed week, i.e., the Federal Reserve is going to be talking a lot particularly on Wednesday when Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke has his testimony before Congress. Last week was another record week for the Dow, for the SP 500, for the Russell 2000, for the SP 400 mid-cap, for the Dow Jones and Trust Transporter Index. Apple's higher today. Google's higher today. Yahoo's higher today. Yahoo announced they're buying social networking site Tumblr for $1.1 billion in cash. You know, I'm talking about how I want to see cool new product new movies, I want a la carte pricing. 
Yahoo's counting on social and the 110 million plus eyeballs at Tumblr to see some of the ads that they're going to be throwing over there. Yahoo became a little bit more serious of it, advertise play again with this long bomb throw. Will it work or not? It's, it's a long bomb. There's no doubt about it, but there are 110 million eyeballs. This deal greatly reminds me of Facebook buying Pinterest for something like $2 billion. And you're like, what? People share photos? Okay. Here's how Facebook makes money on that down the road. People like taking photos of food, which, for the record, I think you're a freak. But let's say I go to the Sharks game on Tuesday. And I take the train. Cal trains. And I take a picture of me at the train station. With my buddy Art. You're like, hey, Rob's at, he's taking a train. Facebook can now go to Caltrain and say, look, we're going to show all of Rob's friends this ad, this picture. Do you want to add to attach to it, Caltrain's? Or cab company or car company? Car company could do a special advertisement. Why take the train when you could take your own car? Who am I going to trust more if I take a picture of food? I like a certain style of steak. I find people that use A1 are eating just the worst steak on the planet. So let's say I have to eat the worst steak on the planet, like I'm on vacation. Right? You with me so far? You're on vacation. There's only one place to stop, the Black Bear Diner. You're like, man, I... How's your ribeye? They're like, oh, it's great. It's the best ribeye on the planet. You're like, okay. If it's the best ribeye on the planet, I want to try it. Like, I'm no dummy. And then they bring out this piece of grizzle. It probably came from dog. If not dog, like, maybe lemur. It ain't from no cow. You're like, can I get some A1 steak sauce, please? The nastier the steak, the more likely you are to use A1 steak sauce. I find ketchup to be vile. It ruins food. But it ruins low-quality food more often than not. If you get some good french fries, you don't need you don't need ketchup. I know you're saying you're a food snob. Exactly. And that's why a Pinterest interests me a lot more than, say, a Yelp. Yelp, I'm seeing reviews typically done by the chef or the owner of the restaurant. Yelp, I'm seeing reviews that I don't know if they're being manipulated because Yelp's trying to sell ads or not. But when my friend Art, you know, takes a picture of a steak that he ate, I'm like, that's a good steak. I can see it in the picture, right? I want to eat there. I don't need open table. I don't need anything else justifying the reason I want to eat there because I can see the quality of the food. And at some point in time, you're going to be able to Google best steak in San Francisco. And everyone will take pictures and show you, you know, their, their favorite steak meal that they ate. And that's when advertising wins big. And that's kind of what it's all about, the eyeballs. And the trusted eyeballs. It's me, Rob Black. You are who you are. You can find me online at robblack.com. Robblack.com. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll talk about the merits of Alice Eve. We'll dissect everything. Draw back your money on the Wall Street Business Network. When I 
KDOW. Stocks are a little cheap. Trying to figure or get people into their ecosystems. Berg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay. I'm a sucker for rock anthems. I'm a sucker for songs that get the crowd singing. This is one of them. I know who I am. As an investor, I know that I have a time frame. As a guy who likes music, I, I can't play a guitar. I'd rather appreciate other people's art. That's the Lumineers. Bring it out, break. It's 21 past the hour. Ding dong, diddly ding dong. I hate Mondays. Don't they seem to be relentless? <laughs> I would have been the world's worst DJ. Thankfully, I was tutored and mentored by CNET's Brian Cooley. When he basically said, just be who you are. I had had program directors and say, do time checks, do time checks. Don't ever insult the audience. If you missed the first hour, I referred to an email as the dumbest email of the week. The idiot of the week. And yeah, I like bad production like Echo and Reverb. Can't afford it on this show, but I like it. I got a post on Facebook it said, hey, Rob, and this comes from Brian. And again, I'm not going to knock. Facebook, you're supposed to be my fan. Your blackhead fan page called I Hate Rob Black. I have a picture of me when I was six feeding a goat. I'm wearing these great old bobos. If you don't know what bobos are, they cost $1.49. They're just the cheapest shoes on the planet. Bobos cost $1.49. Bobos made your feet feel fine. So I'm wearing these horrible bobos, these white socks that are kind of ankle biters, got a striped shirt on, I got cute little jean, uh, shorts, feeding a goat. And I figured 10, 15 years ago that people are going to love me or they're going to hate me. And I could take some venom out of people by posting a picture of me feeding a goat at age 6 with the phrase, I hate Rob Black. That's my fan club. It's on Facebook. I hate Rob Black. You could also do Cron 4 Rob Black. Cron 4 Rob Black. For those who are more legit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. So, guy posts, I don't even know when, like maybe yesterday, Friday at 6. He says, do you rebalance at regular intervals, or is there any other factors that might change the timing, like Bernanke saying he's going to stop QE and raising the interest rates? Also, does allocation always stay the same, or would it change based on circumstances in the market? I think that's way too complex of a question to look for a simple answer on a Facebook post. But yeah, I think economies change with time. I think stock markets change with time. In the 1990s, it was go-go's. And you had to expect for corrections. You had to count for them. They didn't happen. And they rocked and they rolled. So... You change with time. Your needs change with time. In the 80s, finances, financial stocks were not great. Retail was great. We had an age of a consumer. In the 90s, financial institutions did fantastic. Tech stocks did fantastic. 
different laws from Congress influenced certain outcomes. Anyhow and anyway, let's do a quick break here. SP 500 up two, Dow's up fourteen, Nasdaq up six. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I saw recently in a statement 58% of investors feel that the federal deficit is the biggest risk to long-term investing. I mostly agree with that because the federal deficit in Greece eventually caught up to them. They didn't raise enough taxes. They couldn't collect to, to service that debt. Deficit equals debt. It is, but Operation Twist, which was also known as QE2, that was announced. Sure. Um, that really kind of refinanced some government debt from short-term to longer-term treasuries in the second phase of that. So it really pushes that problem out, you know, five to ten years because they put it in the longer end of the curve. So right now it looks like it's a problem that just was pushed down the road. So I might be more concerned of that in five to ten years from now. More what I'm concerned about is who's going to print money the fastest because as long as the dollar is stronger, commodity prices will stay level or fall. But if the dollar starts to weaken again, commodity prices go up, and then margins start to erode on some of the companies. You have to take a you know, really close eye on what margins are doing since they're at all-time highs. Some of these statistics scare me, Chad. Do you let, ever let them scare you? Like, for instance, I saw three-quarters of women will, be, will hit poverty in retirement. That's a pretty scary number. Yeah. Um, Social Security is not going to cover enough of uh, your cost of living. Uh, I see studies that you know people under the age of 40 don't believe in the stock market because all they've seen is 10 you know crazy volatile years. So they're not saving anything, zero. They'd rather have you know a vacation now and figure it out later. Do statistics ever scare you? Well, the problem is, is I've never known anybody that's actually been pulled, so it's almost like they make these up. I don't know where they come from. I've never been asked anything. I've asked clients. They've never been pulled. The scarier thing is just what I look to see what other people I know are, that are doing. For example, if I look at some people in their 30s, they're more worried about buying a house right now yeah. than putting money into their 401k. If you put a dollar into the 401k, the entire dollar goes to work. You have a dollar, you take it home, you only have 60 or 70 cents left to put into a mortgage, which is a liability, right? So systematically save into your 401k, monthly put money into your Roth IRAs, max those options out before you get into a house – and you won't end up being one of these statistics if you start doing that in your 20s and 30s. I recently, oh, I didn't recently, but I remember there's always something to worry about, whether it's inflation or deflation or high oil or low oil, peak oil, are we going to run out? The me- financial media scares us. Mm-hmm. There's always a negative story. There's always, you know, a, a David Tice, isn't that the guy who shorts the market, uh, who will always come out and say, you know, corporate America is a sham. It's not really working. Stay away from it. Uh what do you think about watching CNBC or not watching CNBC and continue to invest on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, CNBC is the, you know, that whole five people on the screen arguing, saying the what ifs, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I like the, the more direct news feeds like Bloomberg, for example, to give you the better idea of what's going on in the long run. Um, typically, investing anytime it's an emotional with fear or panic or greed, that's when you get into trouble. So systematic saving, having a strategy that you stick with, that's how you win. And then, like I say, make love sweet love. Yes. Enjoy California. Enjoy the Pacific Northwest. Go on vacation. Systematic savings is the way to go in trying to get some of that noise out with a white noise filter of, i.e., your life. Mm-hmm. You know, live your life and continually save from age 20 to 60. That's the best thing the average person can do. Absolutely.
So with that said, that CFP, Chad Burton, he works at New Focus Financial. He's a financial planner. He's got teams of financial planners. I have a tie to, to New Focus Financial. Great firm. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So I'm prepping some notes for my uh, TV hit that I do at 9.15. And one of the pieces was Boeing Dreamliner 787 flies again after 123 days on the ground. The stock hit an all-time high while the Dreamliner was, you know, sitting. Headline news would have scared you into, I can't buy that. Hedge funds have taken over on that one because they know that there's nine years of backlog. You don't. You just see the headlines. And I pity the fool that only sees the headlines, as Mr. T once said. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Anyone can see the road that they walk on. Rob Black has a finance. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. I need to say this on a regular basis. Thanks for listening to the show. I know you have options. I know at times I'm not easy to listen to. I know at times there's things that I'll say that you completely disagree with. And I totally get that. And I'm good with that. A couple of notes. NASDAQ broke above 3,500, fresh 12-year high for the 16th consecutive session on Friday. Since Mercer Mayer became CEO in July, Yahoo's stock price is up nearly 70%. My love for her is up probably 110%. But here's the statistics that's true. You can't actually be 110%. You can only give 100%. So quit exaggerating. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. Stop it. So I try to give a different and unique take on the news, in large part because I find a lot of people in the financial media are there to get you as clients. And their take is to get you into fear Did you sell when the market hit a high? Did you buy when it was low? I did. Buy and hope is dead. Buy and hold is dead. Now you have to do this and do that and do this and do that. You have to use my new system. There's a commercial that we're running on the station. This just shows you how bad. And again, I'm not knocking advertisers. But it's a silver commercial that's been running for over a year. Silver was a lot higher a year ago than it is now, and it's the same commercial. Just throwing it out there for you. That's, uh, again, one of the reasons that you have to be cautious on Wall Street. Boeing Dreamliner 787 flies again after 123 days on the ground. A lot of people would have thought that, you know, hey, 
how long are they going to be grounded? A third of a year? That's going to kill that company. You were wrong. Amateur investors are tapping into 401ks to buy homes. People are chasing the hot housing market. And they're doing it. And I'm glad they're doing it when the market's high in their 401k. But I'm not glad they're doing it overall. People lose significant personal funds since they're financing real estate through retirement accounts, savings, and life insurance. I know a lot of people are chasing. I can tell you because I live on a street that people chase. House went for sale this week. A couple doors over. And I wasn't sitting in the yard. Like, I was looking at couples like, hey, that couple's got kids. That's good. I'll keep values high because, you know, hey, that's an old couple. I don't want them moving in. Hey, there's, there's, uh, and, you know, so I'd say, ooh, I heard that house had a ghost. But again, taking money out of a 401k to fund retirement is, uh, fund retirement is what it's there for. Taking money out of a 401k to buy a house is ridiculous. Taking uh, money out of your home to buy life insurance is ridiculous. You're just financial engineering into people's advice that they want to make money off of you. Can you make more money in real estate? Absolutely. But historically, stocks have beaten real estate. Historically, bonds have beaten real estate. Now, again, at what point in time does it become too expensive? I've got a million-dollar house, right? And if I were in Tampa or Virginia, parts of New York, Maryland, you'd think I'm bragging. For someone to buy my house in those parts of the country, you need a salary of $400,000. You could buy two and a half times your salary. That's a pretty rare salary. Now, fortunately, low-cost interest rates helped me enormously. If I had to pay 6 7 8 9% on my loan, which has happened in my lifetime, I've bought homes where my interest rate was six, seven, eight, nine percent. I wouldn't be able to afford this. So down the road when interest rates move higher, unless you think we're in for forty years of incredibly low interest rates, I'm screwed because fewer people will be able to afford my home. I know that. I don't lie to myself about that. Yeah, you know, lottery winners. In the first hour, I talked about how this one woman blew through a ridiculous amount of money. Buying fancy cars, a big house, designer clothes, parties, exotic trips. Now, I could do a story where I could say, in your 20s and 30s, if you spend your income on a big house, fancy cars, designer clothes, lavish parties, exotic trips, you're probably going to have a lot less for retirement. So someone who had won the lottery big time, blew it all. They're teaching you a good lesson. There was another lottery winner whose wife squandered $5 million. And uh, killed her. 
Like, wow. Another one, when Evelyn Adams, she won the lottery twice in her lifetime, $5.4 million. How did she lose it? Gambling. So these things that are bad for wealthy people, they're bad for poor people who want to become healthy, is the thought. One guy won $15 million and he lost all of the money. Cocaine, parties, hookers, and cars. That tells you when I say buy a two-year used car, that, you know, I'm not being stupid. I'm telling you that cars depreciate quickly. I'm not going to comment on the hookers or the cocaine. I grew up in a family that we were not allowed to do cocaine until we finished all our vegetables on our plate. Mom always said, no more drugs for you till you finish all the vegetables on your plate. For the record, I've never done cocaine. I will be here all week. And if you want to tip me, you can. Oh. Some people get sued. So you need to protect yourself. I've got auto insurance at the highest limits just in case I hit a car full of attorneys. I want to protect my wealth. I've got my wealth in a trust because you can't take it from the trust. If I get into a car crash with a car full of attorneys, they can take all my personal accounts. They can't take the trust. The trust is technically a different human being. So I don't know. I think uh, lotteries teach us a lot. One guy named Willie Hurt, he won $3.1 million, but he had a crack cocaine product problem before. Let's just say he cracked cocaine himself to death. Denise Rossi, she thought she was cute. She won $1.3 million. She left her husband without a word. Husband knew something was up. He agreed to the divorce. Two years later, he intercepted a letter at his new L.A. pad revealing the truth. He sued her for not disclosing her winnings in the divorce. And he got every cent. I don't know. There's a Burger King, uh, McDonald's burger flipper who wins $1.9 million. He spent it all on a trip to the Canary Islands, a wedding and a house. And guess what? He's back flipping burgers at McDonald's. You know, in a sad piece of news today, McDonald's could start cutting a lot of menu items. I'm not loving that. Now, again, I don't eat at McDonald's, but they're part of my investments. They've grown 70% since 2007. Their menu has grown. So, out goes the Southern Style Biscuit, the McSkillet Burrito, the Caesar Salad, the Steak Bagel. It's got to the point where the operation was kind of broken down, and it's basically a symptom of the complication of the menu. They can't make the food fast enough. Employees are scrambling. Now, this year, they're going to come up with an apple walnut salad, a third pounder made with Angus beef. No, those are gone, actually. Chicken selects. Chicken selects are gone. So now if you want chicken beak, chicken foot, chicken tail, chicken gizzard, chicken wing, all compressed into one piece of chicken, you can no longer get the breast meat chicken select. Now you got to get the nugget. And who doesn't like a good chicken beak with a little barbecue sauce? 
So that's sad news. I'm not loving that, McDonald's. Other stories of note, Ram 1500 got some thoughtful upgrades for the 2013 model year. An eight-speed transmission. Eight-speed transmission are big in the news because we're getting better fuel mileage economy at a time where we're finding a lot of fuel in the United States. Big question that I get oftentimes is how much cash do I need to keep on hand? And it's going to depend. You know, clearly you want to pay off all debt over 8% first, but you do want to set up an emergency fund as well. You know, when you have emergency cash, it needs to be in a place where you can get to it easily. So it's going to get the lowest interest rates possible, and it's going to frustrate you. But somewhere between two to six months of your income should be emergency-type money that you don't use for TV. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We've got a couple events coming up in Palo Alto. AM 1220 KDOW. If you're lost in a zone, or you're sinking like a stone, carry on. of your feet upon the ground carry on carry on carry on you're listening to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow and iheart radio station so talked a little bit earlier about paramount pictures and Star Trek Into the Darkness and their opening weekend. But big for Dolby Atmos, Dolby Publicly Traded Company, they're trying to double the number of movie theaters that have this thirty dollars to $60,000 sound system put into it, depending on the size of the auditorium. It's part of that movie experience that theaters have to protect. Otherwise, my big TV is going to overtake it. And you're saying, do you have a big TV, really? That's so disappointing, Rob. I'm really not a big TV kind of guy. Anyhow. Uh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I try to pride myself on that. Um, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I know that you're always going to be shy because you think I'm mean. If you don't want to call into my show, call into the CFP Chad Burton show tonight from 6 to 7 you don't get it in your market, you can listen to it at kdow.biz. He's much kinder and gentler than I. And again, same phone number, 800-516-1220. Lots to talk about. High consumer spending is working right now. But for how long? Consumers will help keep economic growth on track this year as new projections of spending indicate it's going to offset the hit to the recovery from the federal government's automatic budget cuts. I heard an expert today say something kind of interesting about how when you're sucking austerity dollars out of the economy, but you're blowing tax revenues into the federal government, or you're blowing stimulus in with lower interest rates, that it's not always a zero-sum game. Like, there's going to be... Imbalances, to say the least. National Association for Business Economics, they estimated that economic output's going to be about 2.4% this year, up from 2012's 1.7%. 
and I think 2014 is going to be up 3%. Now, again, I've got an economic projection that doesn't really mean anything. For instance, here's my projection. I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to go 16-0 and next year. They're going to win a couple of playoff games and then win the Super Bowl. Now, that prediction of the future will go terribly awry if something happens to key members of the team. So you kind of have to, like, expect a little bit of that, right? A little bit. So projections are only good as, you know, well, they're not good. Bucking long-standing patterns inside of the United States, more people now live in the nation's suburbs than in urban areas. Poverty mounted throughout the nation over the past decade. The number of poor people living in the suburbs has surged 67%. Now, suburbs have a smaller overall living proportion of people, but the sheer number of poor people that are there has jumped beyond that of cities. A lot of people move to suburbs because of affordable homes, or a lot of people move to suburbs because of gentrification. Gentrification being the process in which everything becomes homogenized, because the people of color, the people of diversity, the jobs of diversity, can't afford to stay in the city. There's a portion of New York City that's called Hell's Kitchen. That's an excellent example. At one point in time, I wouldn't dare step foot in it. And now I could probably go start a fight and beat up ten you know, wimps. Because it's been pretty gentrified. In Irvine, California, one of the fastest growing cities in California, the estimated number of poor people rose from 12,400 to 21,000. That's wild because of low-cost housing, but there's also not high-paying jobs. I think some areas like Bakersfield and Stockton will never come back. And again, that forecast is only as good as unless something changes. Maybe a mayor says, you know what, we're going to build a new manufacturing plant. Maybe a mayor says, you know what, we're bringing jobs to the market. We're going to be a solar city of the United States. But I don't buy cheap expecting it to perform as well as quality. I don't. When you buy an H&M shirt for $5, it's going to fall apart after three wearings. It will. It will. You will obey me. That commercial's got me a little freaked out. Talking about making your kids obey you. I know you're saying, you got problems with Thor, Ty. I kind of do. Anyhow, and anyway, um, good stock market. I'm pleased. You know, my conclusions are, when interest rates move up, we're going to be in a different world. But right now, that conclusion is based off a of back-of-envelope kind of calculation, and you probably don't want to like base that. Play the game. Don't get too caught up in trying to be right. You're an engineer. You're a house husband, a housewife, a soccer dad. A little bit of profit-taking early in the markets. Markets are having a great year. I'm telling you, a great year. Do I expect it to continue? I don't know. 
that's that's speculation. Like you honestly, we got through earnings season pretty good. SP 500's up four, the Dow's up 31, the Nasdaq up nine. I don't think the Fed could pull the punch bowl of cheap money fast enough for me to say anything super negative about the stock market right now. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Got a couple seminars, brand new seminars, coming up in Palo Alto in a couple of Saturdays. I think it's three Saturdays. You can find out more at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.